Good evening, and welcome to a very spooky episode of Whatever This Podcast Is. I am your host, Bootscar. No, wait, that sounds terrible. Shit. Uh, never mind, it's a regular podcast. <laughs> With me are Josh, Chris, and Alex. How y'all doing? Uh, better now that you called yourself Bootscarn. I think that's really something that'll catch on. <sighs> I you know, since we're it. we're constantly renaming the podcast, maybe we should rename you too. <laughs> Is that also on the table? Sorry, what are you saying? I think Alex? so. I was going to say I'm Bulix, so then Josh would be Boosh. The mighty Which Boosh. Is I can go with that. Exactly. Yeah. What do we do with Chris? Chris can just Bamster. be Chris. Dampster? <laughs> that's not even a. That's not even a Halloween pun. Oh, Bamster. I was about to say Dampster. That's just. That just sounds We're like. Just using B. Actually, that sounds like a really great roast. If I'm Buttscarn from now on, Chris is Dampster. Can you guys promise me that? Can we, can we work that out? <laughs> I, I am the wet rag of this podcast. <laughs> anyway. Uh, so, I was going to start this out by talking about Halloween costumes, only to find out that Chris and Josh don't have any. We're old. Uh, so, we're going to start with Alex. Alex, you are currently wearing a Halloween costume. Is this not correct? This is correct. I am actually at a Halloween party right now. Um, and wow. they've kindly so set me up here to record the boo cast. Um, so I'm wearing, <laughs> I would say, I call it like casual gremlin diva because I've got the diva leggings and I've got the diva top and then I have just a random pink hoodie and little bunny slippers and then I have my bags of Doritos downstairs. And normally I go, well, actually, I also dressed up this year as one of the seven duffs for the Simpsons trivia Halloween costume contest. So there were seven, seven of us. I was um, queasy. And we won group costume, best group costume. So that was very exciting. Nice. That, 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 that is cool. You know, when you said Gremlin Diva, at first I thought I was forgetting one of the specialty Gremlins from Gremlins 2. Oh, yeah. <laughs> In fact, I'm pretty sure there is a diva gremlin in Gremlins too. They'll remake uh, it and have all sorts of modern adaptations of different gremlins. I just, I just realized that I really don't want to watch the Gremlins remake. Uh, anyway. Oh, that's actually a thing. Uh, no, I, I know, I know, but it's going to be. Surely, it's going to be. Uh, maybe if we're lucky, it'll be a Netflix original series. Anyway, uh, so Chris and I are going to do our big old Halloween Horror Nights hoedown, because we have both uh, been through the spooky houses, and I maintained most of my bowel contents during this period. Uh, but first, I was led to believe that Josh and Alex had their own spooky adventure, and then I was led to believe that that is a, not an entirely accurate characterization of what you've been through, but that it was nonetheless harrowing. Is that is that appropriate, guys? Wait, didn't you have a costume? Am I the only one with one? Oh, right. Okay, yes. Uh, I, my partner and I have couples costume. Uh, we are Obed Marsh and his Deep One wife. But uh, the Deep One wife costume is she's just like wearing like sort of a silly fish costume that's like goes over her head like a hood, and then she has like Victorian looking clothing. She's gonna be like, Oh, Obed, do you want to go to the theater? What is this? You'll from? never take me anywhere. 
Uh, it's from the H.P. Lovecraft short story, uh, Shadow Over Innsmouth, uh, which, in which the backstory oh. of the spooky town, spoilers, is that, uh, they're, like, one of the most, like, one of the sort of the founder types of the town, uh, Obed Marsh, struck a deal with an evil god, where he, he and his people would breed with, like, these deep ones and create, like, freaks of nature. Uh, this, this is sort of like a way for Lovecraft to express his views on interracial marriages. Something so, we since, all want to you know, hear his opinion on. Right. Which, since, Excellent. you know, I'm in it, since I'm currently in an interracial relationship, it's subversive. I'd like Actually, to see pictures like, of that. Uh, I'll see if I can arrange that. So, uh, also, we're just both really big uh, Lovecraft horror fans, not so much Lovecraft the person fan. So, uh, why don't you guys talk about your spooky adventure already? I'm on tenterhooks. Oh my god. It's so exciting. Yeah, well, I wasn't, I wasn't gonna tell you that we didn't manage to make it to the Queen Mary, which is where we were originally planning on going, but both ended up not going to for different reasons. Really? Yeah. Uh, so, I just messed up at getting tickets. <laughs> oh. Um, but Alex had a a pass to get in, like, from TwitchCon. Ah. Yeah, so I, I could have gotten in for free with my TwitchCon pass, but the thing is, is that the lineup was over two hours to get in, and we weren't interested in really bothering with that. Uh, partners that's, that's, got yeah. in a special line, obviously, and exhibitors, but by the time we were out of the panels and things like that, it was maybe about 8.30, and to get to the Queen Mary from the convention center, people were saying was about 40 minutes. Plus, you know, you got to get there and then wait in the line for two hours. So we didn't really bother, especially because a lot of us were like hungry and you couldn't bring in yeah. um, like bags and stuff. And like people had bags and it just was really it's, not a practical thing. It's funny how few plans survive contact with a really intense convention. Yeah, especially at the end of the day, like... Especially TwitchCon, because you're doing so much networking. Like, it's it's less of, like, a Comic-Con where you're, like, walking around and just buying things and seeing things. It's like, no, you're on, like, in your streamer personality, you know, mode, and you're talking to everyone and, like, giving your card out to everybody and talking to sponsors. And it's, like, it's it's not a relaxing convention by any means. Yeah. Yeah, like there's really you, no such I, thing I as a relaxing con. I, yeah, like I, I don't know how much people realize this. There's like three tiers of attending a convention. There's as a guest, it's fun. There's as like a big time like celebrity, which, as I understand it, is like stressful but kind of rewarding, and you get to contact with your fans. And then there's as somebody trying to claw their way up by their fingernails through this industry uh, in some fashion, which is absolutely exhausting and soul draining. <laughs> Yeah. It's work. Yeah. Uh, well, I, and I was there I've on a been... research trip, too, so I was also, like, taking notes and, like, formulating ideas for papers that I'll have to write, and it's, like, that on top of it is, like, crazy. Yeah, that's 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 actually something that I don't know if we emphasize enough, that, like, Alex is in many ways, like, performing sort of the stuff that, like, like Alex is out there doing this shit. I do the shit. I appreciate that. 
But that wasn't the scary part. Yeah, after our plans fell through on Saturday, uh, we decided to meet up on Sunday instead. Um, so I drove out uh, at like four or five. Um, and after some, uh, well, a lot of driving around, having no idea where to go, and then like, and trying to talk to Alex using like the discord app on my phone because um, like international phone calls and texts are weird. Um, uh, finally managed to pick her up at one of the uh, entrances to the convention center. And we really weren't sure what we were going to do at that point. So we just kind of started driving around and uh, uh, looking for like a place to park and, like stop and figure out what we wanted to do. Um, and after about like 10 minutes of that, we just kind of just across an intersection, saw this Thai food restaurant with a parking lot. And this is like long beach, California. So there's parking, there's no parking anywhere. Um, and we managed to, uh, to get in there and find a parking space. And we were just like, well, why don't we just go to dinner here at Thai? And this Thai food restaurant was, the wackiest restaurant I've ever experienced. Okay, quick question. Quick, very important question. What county were you in when you went to a Thai food, you decided to go to a Thai food restaurant? I don't know. Where's Long Beach? Uh, okay, I see. I, I'm, I'm getting the picture here. So, like, where you are in Southern California, I've discovered, has a huge impact on your Thai food experience. Uh, for yeah. example, if you, get a, if, if you get Thai food, like, in L.A. County, it's going to be basically there's like a minimum threshold of how good it's going to be and it's going to be pretty high if you get it in ventura county uh it's probably going to be terrible uh i'm interested to see how this went well i don't think the food was scary like that like the place looked really nice i actually thought it was going to be too fancy because it had like waterfalls and stuff and i'm like as soon as you see waterfalls you're like fuck it's gonna be too expensive and they had this they... raised section against the wall where, um, you know, it was like a step up and then they had like traditional table settings where the table's really low and you sit on mats on the floor. Um, you know, if you wanted to do that, we just sat at a table. Um, there was so only three like, of it those was this really fancy place. Yeah. Uh, no one was using then, them. But then there's, it's this really fancy restaurant. And then on like one wall, they have this projector this massive like 100 inch projector screen and they're just playing youtube thailand travel vlogs on mute with like subtitles and it's like Uh, that i've i've been to this franchise oh okay I believe so. Yes, uh, we. I mean, I mean, it's possible that it just like coincidentally had all of these same characteristics, or not so coincidentally. There's actually some very interesting, uh, like, history with various types of Asian cuisine, like in the U.S. Oh, but anyway, keep going. Well, yeah, it's just like, um, like with Chinese food restaurants in particular, there's actually kind of like a, a starter pack. Uh, it could be that there's some sort of equivalent for for Thai Thai restaurants. Anyway, please continue. Hmm. Well, we'll check off the boxes as we go, I guess. And But the reason why we figured out it was YouTube is because at one point we just noticed the screen had, like, the the menu where someone was typing in letters into a search bar. And we're like, what the hell is this? And so we see the lady behind the bar is, like, sticking her hand out, leaning over, and like she has this tiny remote. And she's slowly typing in, like, Thailand travel video. And then YouTube videos <laughs> would pop up. 
and we're like, oh, it's YouTube. And then Josh and I made this joke about how like the playlist will go on and eventually at some point we're going to get to like Sargon of Akkad or like PewDiePie and just have this ginormous <laughs> face on the screen. It's just, it's, it's going to get worse and worse and worse. Because it was for the most part, um, very harmless white people traveling in Thailand doing the, the, the things that white people do in Thailand, I guess. Yeah, it wasn't like they were using their own YouTube channel or something. They were just, like, playing random YouTube videos <laughs> that were Thailand-related. But, like, the, the, uh, so one of the... That was even a later realization. One of the first things was yeah. the menu. Yeah, My God, menu. this menu. Was it, like, bound in human skin? What I'm, I'm trying to get a picture for how this is, like, wacky. <laughs> were there clowns um, on it? No. So... The item Alex ordered on the menu was called A space question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. It sounds yes. like maybe uh, there was a copy and paste issue with Unicode. Like, but like they had a bunch like of other weird, crazy stuff, too. Um, I think what Alex ultimately got was a, a, a Thai, Thailand dish called um, Kraprao, uh, which is like basically spicy um ground meat and uh and and like basil and stuff um but for whatever reason on the menu it was called a and a bunch of question marks yeah and i had to order it because i'm like i have to tell the waiter that this is what i want and i'm like what do i say do i say a question mark he's like yeah that's what you just say i don't question it and like so we had this so the other things on the menu were like fairly normal it was just this one outlier and those other normal menu items had these wacky descriptions that were like, I, I sat down and literally read all of them because they were so amusing to me. And some of them were just like, when was it like a hot dish? And it was just like, is this dish too spicy for you? Well, maybe you should find out. But it was like all also in English, but it was very sassy. And so we spent a good portion of the beginning, just reading the menu and laughing and like three different waiters came by and asked us if we were ready. And I'm like, no, we're not ready yet. I'm still reading this thing. That was the other thing is that we like, we didn't have a set waiter for the table. It was just like three people rotating around, like just every five minutes would come up and ask us if we needed anything. And it was like a different person each time of these three people. So I'm trying to find this place on Google Maps by process of elimination, and I've realized how much of a ridiculous country bumpkin I am because, like, there are a lot of Thai restaurants per square block around L.A. and Long Beach. Yeah, no, I, I looked up uh, specifically where uh, Long Beach is because I, I this I have not spent a lot of time there. It looks like it's right on the line between Orange County and Los Angeles County. Yeah, and that's like um... kind of. That's an interesting place to eat. Like there are a lot of Thai restaurants in Vegas too. I think that's kind of a West Coast thing. Yeah, I mean we have them here. It's just like literally like every block looks like it has one, and that's just crazy. What was something else that we thought was funny in the restaurant? The a question mark was a thing. So I was like, "What? Like what? What do I call this?" And he's like, "I don't ask questions." And then so we had this like theory because Josh also didn't have much alcohol in his margarita that there's some drunken mastermind behind the counter who's writing the menus. And if you question as to like 
why he's writing them the way he does that he like fires you. So all the waiters are too scared to ask anything <laughs> about the menu. Um, and then, and then of course you asked like how spicy your, uh, a question mark dish was. And he was like a little spicy and it was really spicy. So it was very spicy. What? And then I guess the other like really funny thing was the birthday. Yeah. They, they like, uh, you know, they did the birthday thing. You know, you come into a restaurant, you say, Hey, it's my birthday. And they give you like a free, like dessert menu item. That's really small or whatever. Uh, and like they, they put on like the happy birthday music and they started coming out and then like the waiter jostled the, the dish and like the little fake umbrella fell out and, and, and the spoon. they kind of had to pause everything and just like fix it real fast. That was the perfect um, timing. Cause like the music swelled. It was like, duh, dun, 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 dun. And he comes out and then drops everything. And he just stands there like with this panic looked on his face, probably cause the like menu <laughs> guy was going to kill him or something. It was, I died. I absolutely died. I wasn't even that drunk. This this sounds like a. I want to open a sketch comedy restaurant now, where like stuff like this happens totally intentionally. Like well, you, isn't you that ask... sort of like what Faulty Towers was? I don't know what Faulty Towers is. Oh my god, it's like a it's John Cleese. Really? It's like a British sketch comedy, but it takes place in a hotel, so it's not really like a restaurant. But I highly recommend yeah, it's it. It's very good. What if John Cleese was the horrible owner of a, like, mediocre, failing uh, English hotel? Uh, and then we we finally finished and asked for the check, and they brought it <laughs> to us in a cup. Yeah, that was funny. And we were like, like it was just a, a cup or like a small flower pot or something with the receipt in it. And it was like, okay... And at then first you I just thought, put like, your like, credit card in the... Right. At, at first I thought it was maybe one of those restaurants that, like, you know, you, you need to go and, like, check out at the front desk or something instead of doing it at the table. But I but just for kicks, I put my credit card in the cup, and the guy came around and picked it up and took it back. <laughs> and he came back a, a minute later with, uh, with you know, the, the receipt that you have to sign with a pen and my credit card back. It's like, okay, I guess this is just how you do it. Did you run out of, like, fucking checkbook stuff or, like... <laughs> Just every I mean, like, aspect of this restaurant was a little bit weird. I mean, bars do that, but you're supposed to be at the bar when they put the receipt in the cup, right? Like, I, I can't picture a reason to do that for a table service. It was no bananas. Idea. I didn't want to leave. Because then afterwards we couldn't find a goddamn place to drink because everything was closed. Yeah, that was, like, we, afterwards we were like, well, why don't we, like, go and find a bar or something, um, and we found one bar that looked like a really good option, but, like, it was just straight up, like, the door to get into the bar was barred, um, like, it was locked with a padlock, it was like, well, okay, I guess we can't go to that place. Literally, we got there, saw that it was locked, like, stepped away from the door, another group of people came up, saw it was locked, and were like, oh, man! <laughs> um, yeah, there was just walked, nothing open. 
we walked another block uh, to go and find uh, another bar that was open, but it was really loud and it only took cash, which we didn't have a whole lot of. So we were like, well, okay, not here. Uh, eventually we ended up in this like hipster cider bar. Yeah. You always end up at one of those. If you walk long enough around like the LA County, Orange <laughs> County line. All they had were like ciders and mead. Yeah. I bet this nothing you're saying is surprising. Oh, and then they were Did playing they- like the walking dead on blast. It was so yeah. loud. At some point, one of the bar patrons asked them to, like, change it off of, like, the local football game or whatever to The Walking Dead and turn the sound on. And the bartender was like, yeah, sure. <laughs> it's like, man, people still watch that show. At least one person, Stone Cold Downing Ciders in the middle of a Long Beach bar does. Him and Chris Hardwick. Let me get good and smashed on Mead and watch this turgid zombie <laughs> show. In public. I am... Well, I'll then, save that for And then from there, uh, Alex really wanted to go to an American supermarket. So there yeah. was a Vons across the street that we went to. That was really fun. Oh. I enjoyed that. Yeah, okay. That, that's good. I I like taking, like, people to American supermarkets. I ended up taking home with me a box of vanilla latte Dunkin' Donuts Pop-Tarts. Um, and, and funnily enough, they got major flack at the security at the border. And the guy had to swab the box of Pop-Tarts. Like, he was sketched <laughs> the fuck out. And luckily I could take them with me, but, like, he had to take them out. He was, like, feeling the package. He was He swabbed it. He was asked, and then he asked me what games I played on my DS, and I was freaking out because I didn't want him to take my Pop Tarts. And so he's like, "Yeah, what do you play on this thing?" I'm like, "Uh, Pokemon." And he's like, "Do you play anything else?" I'm like, "Ah, no, just Pokemon, sir. Bye. Please don't take my Pop Tarts." He's just, he's just. I'm, I'm imagining like a border security guy, customs, just like looking at this, this box of Dunkin' Donuts Pop Tarts and going like. No way does anyone want to take this through customs. <laughs> There's got to be like, cocaine yeah. inside. Like, yeah, nice try. Especially an LA, adult dude. woman. You were obviously smuggling cocaine. I didn't even think about that. Uh, but yeah, I guess that's completely not relevant to anything Halloween. But I got to meet Josh for the first time, and it was weird, but it was fun. Then we got lost for a little bit. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was kind of weird. It sounds like it was kind of weird and surreal, and also a bunch of funny stuff happened to you while meeting Josh. Yeah. Yeah, we almost, like, because it's, like, pretty sketchy in Long Beach, and we were walking, trying to find the car, and I asked Josh, I'm like, do you have, like, pepper spray or something? And then you're like, no, and then what did I say? I'm going to stab someone with my keys, and then I said I, I shouldn't keep you around for defense. Yeah, and that's the point where you hear a bunch of yeah, you were like and a bunch of a bunch of mohawk surfer gangers like come around the corner on bladed skateboards, swinging chains and baseball bats. Oh dear God! Uh, there, that was Hill mostly a joke. That was mostly a joke. There are no like weird skateboard gangs, but there are actually surf gangs in Long Beach, and they will fuck people up. 
but only if they try to surf in their patch. I've seen Point Break. I know. <laughs> well, it's it's weird in L.A. because the sketchy areas are literally right next to the nice areas. Can mingle, um, that's, absolutely. That's, that's what actually um, messed us up and got us lost, because like, after we left the Thai place, we had to drive around until we found parking again. Uh, we ended up parking like in a block that was just like sketchy looking residential um and it was like right next to the city block that just like had all the the big business stuff um you know and the bars and the the restaurants and stuff uh and then it was we were walking back like we we kind of got almost to my car and it and like we're about to cross the street and alex is like no we wouldn't have parked somewhere that sketchy so they're walking all the way around the block again it's like (laughs) no i think we did actually park there (laughs) And we saw, like, five police cars in that short five-minute walk, too. Yeah, they kept driving around. Well, uh, glad you guys had a good time in California. Chris, uh, speaking of having a time of some kind in California, and hopefully a better time in Orlando, uh, how about we talk about Horror Nights? All right. All right, so uh, for those of you who aren't in the know, uh, we're... Weren't here around last time we did this. Uh, so Horror Nights is a thing they do in uh, Universal Studios, an American theme park that they have in Hollywood and in Florida. Uh, and it's kind of the American tradition of repla- having a theme park that, for in the Halloween season, uh, has these haunted houses at night that you can pay extra to go through or pay a different fee to go through. And Horror Nights is one of the more elaborate ones in terms of expanse and production value, if not, like, necessarily one of the scariest ones. You can always find an indie experience that is, like, pants-shading and borderline illegal. But it's 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 basically, like, the, the, the mainstream thrill. And uh, it's a little bit different in Florida as it is in Hollywood every year. Uh, Chris and his wife absolutely love going to these things. Uh, and they make a big trip to, to go every year. I am terrified of them, but indulge for the sake of science. So, Chris, before we begin, just general impression, how was Florida this year? Way, way, way better than last year. Last year was a pretty mediocre year um, and had a lot of disappointing houses, especially compared to what California was doing with the same properties. Uh, This year, I think, um, on the whole, is, is much stronger. Um, I walked away really, really happy with this year. There were some, there were some flaws. Some of that as a result of uh, Irma screwing up some stuff, but uh, on the whole, really good. So when you say better, um, just do you mean better specifically in terms of being scarier? Do you mean in terms of more creative, better production value? Uh, that's a complicated question. Um, so the houses this year are better in that they are actually scarier. Last year was really not scary at all. Um, which was a little unfortunate because you, you do kind of go there to get scared and, and they didn't really have a ton of super spooky houses. Um, I watch all the walkthroughs of the California houses just to compare, which is one of the interesting differences right, between, yeah, yeah. uh, between California and, 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 uh, Orlando in the LA house. Yeah. You can, you can bring a camera in. You could just straight up film the whole thing and they don't care. In Orlando, you you cannot not only not bring a camera in during the uh, event, but they have lights on daytime tours while the theme park is a theme park that they let you do for a fee. And even then, you can only take pictures of specific rooms, no video. 
Like they are very locked yeah. down in Orlando. Yeah, no, I, I, you can go right now to YouTube and you can find high definition walkthroughs. All the walkthroughs I could find in the Florida houses because I wanted to do a little research were really sort of sketchy and lame. Uh, but yeah, no, that 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 is one big distinction. Uh, so I, I actually, uh, I would say even that in Hollywood it was better this year than it was last year. I thought last year it was pretty strong uh, without really having a frame of reference because it was my first time ever doing anything like this. Uh, I'm also, by the way, getting much better at handling being startled, which, as you sort of went into last year, is a big part of, like, sort of your enjoyment of the house, like, kind of the feeling of being startled. Yeah, yeah, totally. A little adrenaline rush. Yeah, I, that just, that just hurts. That's basically, like, an electrical shock for me. Uh, but, uh, I found that, like, kind of managing the dread is much easier now. So, uh, this, this year was fine. And then last year I mentioned one of the things I sort of did to deflate things was whenever somebody popped out, I would, like, give them finger guns and say, hey, if they got me. Kind of like a way of sort of, like, taking control of my emotional response and my physical response. Um, and this year we decided, uh, you know, maybe that that might ruin things for somebody behind us. So this year instead, uh, me and my associate common, whenever somebody jumped out at us, we would just like give kind of like a, like a, a nod, like, yeah, not bad. And like give them a little golf clap, like kind of with like the, the, the fingertips against the palm, like kind of like a respectful opera clap. I usually just like scream and curl up and, and freak out. <laughs> oh, oh, I did that at least once. It turns out if you ever want to, if anybody ever wants to ambush me, I don't attack me from the shoulder because apparently my reflexes for shoulder attacks are excellent. If you pop in, like if you come at me any other degree, I can probably manage it and like not make too much of a noise. But if you come at me from like directly ninety degrees, uh, I just like I drop into a ball in the opposite direction instantly. So do you want to compare some of the houses that we are... Do you want to keep talking about differences, or do you want to compare some of the houses that were the same IP? Because that's that's an interesting thing. Oh, let's, let's begin there. Uh, because, so, this this um, year, Hollywood had, I think, more houses than they really ever previously had. And actually, as a point of uh, terminology, they're called mazes because they're not really permanent structures in California. They're actually, from the outside, it just looks like a bunch of, like, fence posts with a tarps stretched between them is, is that although is that the reason suddenly that makes so, sense yeah. okay because yeah. in, in orlando they're called houses in in the west coast they're called uh mazes that's and then now that makes sense because they're less they're not permanent structures okay sorry i yeah. just i always wondered why they were different yeah no I mean, once you get inside uh I, I would say it's pretty elementary uh or sorry, the, like it's it's sorry, academic rather uh once you get inside it's I mean, it looks like an actual space it looks like a dorm room or uh like a, a slaughterhouse or whatever it is they actually want it to be. Uh, so yeah, let's let's start with the similar stuff um, because there's a few IPs that were shared, but also uh, on your coast they had uh, several original houses which they didn't have here. Uh, everything was licensed here, so everything was like in a Universal Studios like film property that they were adapting into a house, like with sound clips and stuff in the movies. So. Let, let's start with the stuff that was shared. Um, let's see. First, The Shining. That was the big house this year, wasn't it? That was the big... I, I think so. I think that's the big pull. Um, that and American Horror Story, but we can get to American Horror Story later. Um, and I can talk about why that is weird. Uh, the Shining... Um, I want to hear your thoughts on The Shining first, actually. Let's, let, let's hear you talk about The Shining. Okay. Uh, I was sort of going in thinking that was not going to be one of the ones that startled me very much. And I was right. 
Uh, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool, but also the thing about The Shining is it pretty much has a singular source of actual terror. There is one guy who goes crazy and has an axe. Everything else is kind of, like, gross or disturbing, but not actually scary. Um, and so the house is really cool. Like, they have all sorts of stuff in the maze. Like, you know, they have, like, uh, they have, like, the, the bathtub. And then, like, you know, there's the lady who jumps out who looks like the scabby old woman. Um, and they have, like, uh, you know, they have, like, callbacks to all these cool scenes in The Shining. Like, with the, the twins and, like, the bike and stuff. But, um, the actual scare is pretty predictably shine because it's just, it's Jack with an axe. It's Jack with an axe. It's Jack who's frosty with an axe. It's Jack who's frosty with an axe. Yeah. I mean, that that was always going to be the problem with this property. Is it, it's, it is hard to adapt something into a thing where monsters jump out at you. It's sort of like a video game adaptation problem, right? Like, it's hard to turn The Shining into a video game because it's just one antagonist and it's probably going to be the player. And how do you make that an interactive thing? Here it's like, how do you make Jack Torrance with an axe jumping out at you work for an entire house exactly exactly so is um, it possible one... to do like um like a house that doesn't rely on like the jump scares like because you could do more an atmospheric house and then have oh, one sure. jump scare so why didn't they just do that Honestly, I would love an entire park full of nothing but that, but I think, you know, for the reason Chris brought up, that's kind of, I think that doesn't hit the main demographic for this sort of thing. Right. It's, the problem is that, like, I, I have a long page of notes here, and one of them is comparing local haunts to what HHN is, and, and the thing with HHN specifically is that more than pretty much any other haunt, it is a big budget production. I mean, they come up with totally new houses on both coasts every year. Um, they dump millions into... They're basically movie sets. Like, they dump tons of money yeah, into yeah, yeah. props and lighting and staging and sound effects and soundtracks. Like, yeah, they go the full nine like, yards. Like, uh, I, 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 this is actually a note I have. Um, so there's a... Uh, like, I was watching a vlog of a woman who's actually a scare actor. And uh, I, maybe I can find the, the link to her channel for the comments. But uh, she was... She, she talked about how she spent an hour and a half in the makeup chair, and I'm like, well, yeah, I guess that makes sense. And then I found out, she's not, like, a monster or anything, or even, like, a ghost. She's just, like, a lady with a wig. Like, she's just supposed to be, like, an, a regular human person. She spends an hour and a half in the makeup chair getting ready for Horror Nights. Like, that's that's what it's about. Yeah, you have to show up at, like, 5 to get ready, or you have to show up at, like, 3 in the afternoon to get ready for makeup before the thing starts at, like, 6, and then you do shifts on and off all night until the event ends at uh, midnight, 1 or 2, depending on the evening, and then you probably have to do cleanup and stuff. You probably don't get home till 3. It's, like, 4 days a week for almost 12 oh, yeah, hour days. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, oh, and uh, it's physically to... exhausting, but sorry, go ahead. Oh, totally. Um, no, but back to Alex's point, the reason you can't just have a non-scare actor spooky time house um, is that in order to facilitate all this money being spent on uh, lighting and facades and soundtracks and official IPs from all these IP content holders um, is to make the entire house about throughput. It is about shoving a, a single file line of people walking continuously at all times um, as a one big group and having monsters jump out and scare them. It is assembly line horror, and a lot of people don't like that, but that's sort of what it has to be to facilitate the numbers. Yeah, I was very much, I would very much describe it as industrial. So that, that's yeah, that really the problem. Sense. There are haunts that, that don't do that, but they are not moving the number of people that Universal tries to move with this event. And they also don't have the money for the fancy production stuff. 
Uh, so that was The Shining. Uh, did you have more points um, to make? Just, just one. Um, and I guess this could segue us into another house if you want. But um, one other difference between California and Florida this year. California doubled down on latex masks for characters, and Florida didn't. And I think Florida was better for it, because those Jack masks... <laughs> Jack no. Nashville... I, I am I am on record as not being a fan of the, uh, the 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 rubber masks. It's not as big a deal when you're there in the house and they like come at you and you see it clearly like for half a second and then they retreat in the shadows. But it's it's pretty obvious it's not like a person's actual face, and I think that diminishes it. It, it looks well, like somebody was, in a Halloween mask. That was one of my problems with the fact that um, I think California had a better Exorcist last year. Was uh, our Exorcist house had people with Pazuzu masks that were latex, and it just looked like guys in latex Pazuzu masks jumping out at you. Whereas uh, California had people in face paint, like actual faces, to, to be the Pazuzu face, and that looked so much better. Um, yeah, yeah, you say just... that, and you're sorry. You say that, and you're totally right. But also the the exorcists, like the priests, had latex masks on. I thought that was actually pretty lame. Oh god, there's just I, I don't understand the move towards it. I mean, I know they're trying to go for like movie style authenticity, um, which I also wonder how much whether they'd like pay Jack Nicholson for his likeness or if it's just off enough from his likeness that they like avoided paying royalties. That's anyway. a good question. Oh, I did have one other thing I wanted to talk about. The Shining. Sorry. I, I can talk entirely too Go much ahead. about haunted houses. Uh, I don't know if California's house did this very much, but one of the things I really loved about the Florida house is it messed with space the way the movie did. They used a lot of mirrors to sort of like make you in like uh, infinite hallways and things like that to really mess with you. Um, I really, really dug that um, because like you would see a corner, uh, uh, you'd see like a opening to your right that was a hallway that goes infinitely in left to your left and right but then you also walk forward five feet and make a right and intersect with what would have been an open space or what would have been the rest of that hallway uh they do stuff like that and it's really neat to like mess with space the way the film did i do not remember that being a part of my experience so i will go ahead and say that uh they didn't go they didn't go in as far on that or maybe i just didn't notice because i was too busy waiting for jack to come out with an axe and scare me Okay, so, uh, next up, I believe we both had Ash vs. Evil Dead, isn't that right? Yes, and this is a really interesting uh, difference between the two houses, because the approach oh, was really? fundamentally different. Yes. Okay, well, can I talk about the Hollywood house real quick? Yeah, sure. So, the, the Ash vs. Evil Dead house was unique in the Horror Nights houses that I have been to or watched, like, walkthroughs of on YouTube, in that it had a hero to root for. It had a sympathetic figure in the maze with you, which is generally not the case. Generally, the best you get is that, like, whoever's being stalked in the horror movie is standing around like, watch out for him! He's coming! He's coming! And then somebody, like, and then, like, the, there's a flash of thunder and somebody jumps out of a closet or something. Um, not, not so. Uh, here, Ash was actually, like, standing around, like, firing a shotgun and, like, giving people, like, thumbs up and stuff and, like, you know, waving people along. And, like, at some point, like, a, a thunder flashes and, like, a deadite, like, leans out and then thunder flashes on another wall and Ash comes through, like, another scare porthole with a chainsaw and, like, attacks the deadite and keeps him off of you. And honestly, like, my reaction coming out of there was less like, oh man, and more like, yeah, fuck yeah, hell the king, baby. That is awesome. That sounds, that uh, makes me wish I could do that house. 
Yeah, every time I, I saw Ash, I'm sure this was really obnoxious for people directly behind and in front of me, but every time I saw Ash, I'd like yell something like Hail of the King or Groovy. And every time the actor was like, yeah, that's what I, that's the line I want you to say to get into the spirit of things. I'm going to give you like thumbs up and stuff. Excellent. That sounds so cool. Man, I want to go to Horror Nights. Um, <laughs> um, the reason I think the Ash vs. Evil Dead house is interesting is that uh, in in California, uh, by all accounts, watching the videos, it looks like they did a full-on horror house with, yes, they have Ash there to root for or to, to play off of, but it, it is designed to be a scary house um, from the ground up. Totally a spooky monster house. Um, That's very the Ash vs. Evil Dead house in Florida is this year's comedy house. It went full comedy. They they went full on goofy pants comedy, and I I love it to death. And it's awesome, and people hate it. Wow. Um. So for the record, Ash vs. Evil Dead, if you haven't seen it, is a horror comedy show. So there's lots of like spooky monster stuff, deadites and zombies and other horror demon things come out and. A demonically possessed car, that sort of thing, and uh, Ash obviously fights them off. And so there's like, but it's got kind of got that Army of Darkness style scatological goofy humor to it. So like, there's a scene in season two where Ash is trying to get the dead or the Necronomicon out of a morgue, and some intestine, like it, the Necronomicon, summons some other corpses around him alive, and one of the vivisected corpses tries to fight with Ash and eventually uses its intestines as a weapon and starts shoving him up the corpse's butt and Ash is sitting there screaming, not the butt, not the butt, not the butt, as he's being shoved up and then eventually he is, but because the corpse is vivisected, he's just wearing this vivisected corpse like a hat where he's just like sticking out, his head is sticking out of the belly. That scene is in the Florida house and he's sitting, there's a scare actor there hanging from a hanging corpse screaming, not the butt, not the butt, as uh, little water pumps squirt water at you. And here's the thing. If you have seen the show and know how funny that scene is, it is hilarious. If you have not seen the show, you just round a corner and see a man with his head up someone up a corpse's butt screaming, not the butt, and you get soaked by water. And people are not having that. Like, <laughs> they don't... People don't like comedy houses in general. People don't like 3D houses and people don't like comedy houses. And it bugs me because I like both of them um, for different reasons. And often, usually, they're the same house. Um... And, I don't know, it, it makes me really sad. I really like the Ash vs. Evil Dead house, but I think it's easily the least popular house at Orlando this year because they decided to make it a comedy house. And hearing uh, Rutzgarn talk about how awesome the, the, the California house made him feel, it, it makes me sad. Because I feel like it's a really good comedy house, but only if you've seen the show. And if you haven't seen the show, it's not that scary, and you won't be in on the joke, and people just walk away going, I, I, don't, I don't get it. You know, because yeah, Evil I, Dead I has always like... been the serious horror. <laughs> no, seriously. P people yeah. judge, like, you know how people judge video games based on just, is it fun? People judge haunts based on just, is it scary? Like, it doesn't matter right. if it's pretty, or it doesn't matter if it tells a story, it doesn't matter if it's got some cool ideas, it doesn't matter the actual design and artistry of it, the craftsmanship of it, it's just, did it get me a bunch? If it got me a bunch, thumbs up. Okay, well, speaking of, is it scary, uh, next up, the Saw House. Uh, I, I thought that one was odd. Yeah, yeah, I had a similar reaction. So, like, the, the usual format of a scare house at, like, Horror Nights is, it's, like, 75%, like, it's, like, okay, so everywhere is, like, a cool set, 
And then the the spooks are like 75% scare actors jumping out of like closets or hidden spaces or like opening doors that you thought were just like props or something or otherwise like scaring the piss out of you. And then 25% like scare actors writhing in agonies that are like being chainsawed or butchered or some other carny trick. Uh, Saw was kind of, those ratios flipped as it would sort of have to be. Yeah. The whole franchise is about like people, you know, getting caught in awful traps. So there's like... A lot of people being electrocuted or like, you know, being like trapped in like the, 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 the mantis trap or the, 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 sorry, the bear trap or whatever just look, makes you look like a Venus fly trap or something. Uh, and then like it's 25% like p- the pig mask person jumping out at you or the pig mask person jumping out of you or did they have another? Out scare? of <laughs> Out of you? <laughs> That'd be pretty scary. Um, uh, I don't know if you guys had another scare. I don't think we really did it, it was mostly it was mostly uh all the jump scares were the pig face out co- costume yeah there's like a there's the bike at one point like kind of rolls towards you uh with like the puppet whose name i can't remember uh and then it's there billy. was billy thank you i don't and know why there was there was a part where like you have to go through some like this was actually the lame thing. It's like, oh, you have to go through the barbed wire or something, but it was actually just, like, cords, like, plastic cords. It was the least scary thing in the entire world. Like, and they can, they can get you pretty good, especially if you're, like, kind of a, a rube and you don't sort of understand the rules of Horror Nights and the scare actors. Uh, like, one of the things that can get you if you're kind of new is they'll do things where they have, like, bodies hanging from the ceiling in, like, a really tight corridor, so you have to, like, brush past them. And that's really frightening, because uh, you're afraid one of them's going to grab you until you realize that scare actors aren't allowed to do that. So, uh, it, by definition, if you have to push past with your shoulder, it's not a real person. It, it was probably the closest to what Alex was talking about, though. Like, it, it is a house where, yeah, occasionally a guy tries to jump at you in a pig mask, but most of it is just, like, walking past people screaming in agony as they have fallen into uh, uh, Jigsaw's traps. Like, that's that's really all the house is. I, I think, and I think the problem was that basically Saw's boring. Uh, unless you have an interesting narrative to go with it, Saw's boring. Yeah, the whole hook of the traps is you can like the whole hook of the trap is that it's a game. You can get out if you're willing to make a sacrifice that is representative of whatever he views your character flaw to be. Okay, cool. But when you're walking past the scene, you don't get to know someone's character flaw, and you don't get to see whether they get out or not, which is the whole tension of the films. You just sort of see, help, I'm trapped in this box, or help, I'm going to get stabbed sometimes, and this guy next to me already was stabbed. And and that's it, and you just keep walking. This is where the recouping investment things come off, Um, and believe me, I'm going to get back to this. But uh, basically, they have a new Saw movie coming out, so they wanted to promote it, and it was a no-brainer to make a Saw house. But they never had the genius moment where they figured out how to, like, I, I mean, it's like it's like with video games. They never figured out how to adapt it so that they captured the soul of the franchise and translate it to a house. They just, like, slapped a Saw label on it, and it's bullshit. Yeah. The yeah, most saw, memorable... Saw... The most memorable thing about the Saw House by far in California is that, and you will not get this experience by watching the YouTube playthrough, is at one point you pass through a bathroom and they must have just sprayed it with liquid ass because it smells like shit. It smells like yeah, that's, shit. That's something that we don't get. Uh, California use, uses scent sprays all over the place. Oh, absolutely. We don't really it's usually see that. very effective. Yeah. We, we get that, like, very lightly. Like, like, there was one original house that was set in, like, a 
uh, uh, 1970s house that was infested by like vampires that are kind of like the hive from uh, Destiny, where they just got this like cretin junk all over, and they they did some smell stuff in there to make it smell musty. But like that's it. We don't usually get a lot of smells. There's a lot of smell of it in California, which I think actually works very well because it makes it feel very unsafe and like weird and like you're going somewhere you shouldn't be. Anyway. Uh, except when it smells like shit because just nobody wants that. Why did you make it smell like shit? Why did you make it smell like shit? We're moving on. Imagine Blumhouse. Imagine one of the characters. Oh god, Blumhouse. Blumhouse yeah, is the worst okay. house this year. Uh, oh wow, really? That that that's interesting. Um, so for those of you who don't know what the Blumhouse is, because I sure shit did not. Uh, it's just the studio that made uh, Sinister, The Purge, and that movie that's coming out, like Happy Death Day or some shit. Yep. It's basically a bunch of thoroughly mediocre horror films. Uh, I like The Purge. Uh, the best thing you could say about The Purge is that they're going from really not good to not great. Like, they're headed in the right direction. Anyway. So they, they decided, like, fuck it, let's just have all of them in one house. Because we have a lot of Purge stuff left over from the last horror nights. At least they did here. No, the same here. Yeah. Actually, it was funny story about that on the west coast or on the east coast side. Um, we have the purge twice. Once as a scare zone. Again, it's a repeat scare zone from the last time we did the purge. Yeah. Uh, they they moved away from that. I don't know if that was in response to the pulse shootings last year, but they decided no no purge last year. Um. Which which always felt weird because it was an election year and they just released a movie called Purge Election Year. But this year they brought it back. Um, but then also in our Blumhouse, we have Purge in our Blumhouse, but we weren't supposed to. Um, someone got mad about movie rights, um, which is which is kind of cool. Uh, basically, the, the, the things we were supposed to get in our Blumhouse house were going to be Sinister, um, Insidious, Four, which you guys got a separate house for, and um, we did, yes. And we also got, um, uh, I think that I think it was just Purge, Insidious, and Ouija were going to be the three uh, Blumhouse properties. Ouija, really? Oh, okay. So yeah. I actually saw, I saw Ouija Origin of Evil, which is the prequel, which is way better than the original, apparently. So. Apparently, I, I I can only assume what happened because nobody knows. It, it all happened behind closed doors with lawyers and stuff. But my assumption is Hasbro did not want their kid-friendly Ouija board, even though it got made into a horror mo movie, to be associated with horror nights, especially more hard stuff like Sinister and Insidious. So Hasbro probably put the kibosh on this. I don't know if that's true, but that's that's what I'm suggesting, just because it's the only reason that this makes sense. Because it got it's to the, the point most where they parsimonious explanation. Because they built the set, and when you walk in there, it's the room from the trailer from... I never saw the movie, but the trailer for Ouija. Like that open hallway with a with, with what was supposed to be a... Apparently at some point in the movie, a woman ends up hanging. And so they've got the stairwell, the woman hanging. And then there's apparently a security section of the movie. And there's like... The next room over is a little security booth. But in order to fix that, they literally just called it The Purge and put some Purge actors there with the Purge Happy Face people in. And that's it. So we have the purge for two rooms, which were supposed to be Ouija rooms. And it's really, really awkward and is by far the worst part of that house. Yeah, so in general, just not a great house. 
uh, no. Uh, it has all of the bad parts of the Insidious 4 house where you don't know what the heck's going on because you haven't seen the movie because it doesn't come out till January of next year or whatever. And then it's got this, this, this sinister stuff is pretty good. Parts of the Insidious 4 stuff are good if you can ignore the fact that you don't know what's going on. And then everything with the Purge and, and Ouija is just a train wreck, but it's only two rooms. You know, there's there's one thing I liked about uh, our Blumhouse uh, house, Blumhouse maze, rather, our Blum maze, uh, was that it has a mixture of outdoor and indoor spaces, which I thought was pretty cool. Uh, that's not a thing that usually happens. Like, the Purge stuff was all outside, and then, like... You, you pass through the Purge stuff, and it's a little lame because it's all the costumes from last year, and I'm pretty sure some of the Scare Zone decorations as well. Scare Zone, by the way, is just like an area of the park where when you walk through it on your way to somewhere else, there's people, actors running around with chainsaws or whatever. Um, and there's like dioramas and murals. Uh, but and when you get to the actual like maze part of the house, they have like a movie theater marquee, and it's like you're entering like kind of a crappy like rundown old theater, and I thought that that was novel enough that it made up for the slightly lackluster rest of the house. No, that's really and just yeah, and to, to touch to touch briefly on uh, as you say, uh, Insidious, which we got a separate house for. Uh, it was it was pretty okay. I've never seen any of the movies. It nothing really struck out to me, especially. It was uh, very. I think the costuming and the makeup. And the timing was pretty good, but it, it, there was honestly nothing that really stuck with it. Uh, it, The movie's not out for four months. I, I don't know what to say about it. Yeah, let's just move on. All right. Uh, so, American Horror Story is interesting because both Florida and Hollywood got American Horror Story houses. Like last year, the American Horror Story house was, it was a mixture of for some fucking reason, the murder house season one, which is like, Oh no, there's like a gimp guy who's killing people in the suburban neighborhood and freak show, which is more or less what it sounds like. And then like hotel, which is a lurid psychedelic, like psychotropic clusterfuck of lady Gaga and sex vampires and like rapist demons. Uh, and you just sort of pass, uh, between these phases of the house. And it was actually very scary, but I wasn't a huge fan. And I think they had the same thing in Florida, right? They had, they had that in Hollywood and Florida yeah. that year? Yeah. This they were, they year, were pretty comparable. This year, Chris got all the mainstream seasons uh, that, like, they got, like, season two and season four? Like, the witch season? We got two, four, and six. Uh, we, we got two, four, two and three, and six, whatever. We got the, the Coven, the Asylum, and Roanoke. And you guys just got right. Roanoke. We just got Roanoke, which is really interesting. Like, why did we just get Roanoke? Maybe they really wanted to push Roanoke out here. Uh, well, I mean, if so, I mean, they did a good job. The Roanoke house was awesome. It was actually my favorite house of the night. Uh, it was a really solid theme, really well delivered on. I had not seen the Roanoke season. I went home and watched it. I, it was the it best the only season, season of the show. Yeah, you're yeah. right. It is the only good season. How does no one else realize this? Oh, when me and my wife watched it, we, we laughed our asses off watching Twitter because, like, people were really upset with that season. Hardcore fans of that show did not like it because, like, their their favorite character actor didn't show up and, like uh, until, like, the very end. And there was no intro and everyone loves the intro music. And this had that, like... I, I know, but but that, this is what people got upset about. Unfortunately, yeah, this season it... is back to being complete trash, so... Every season of American Horror Story is like a bad improv sketch where like they're like, oh, let's get some suggestions from the audience. Vampires. That sounds great. Sex vampires. Awesome. I love it. Lady Gaga. All right. Let's do the sketch. Uh, 
fuck, shit, uh, 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 and then they just flounder around until it becomes mutually embarrassing. That's every season of American Horror Story, except for, like, kind of the Asylum season, I guess, and I haven't seen the first one, maybe that one's good. Every other no, season falls apart, except Roanoke. Roanoke, actually, they know what they're doing. Roanoke was really good. I was surprised. And and no other season is, is any good at all. Um, so I'm kind of sad that you got that house. Because, like, yeah. I, I don't know. Maybe it's because, like, they didn't want to commit to Roanoke here because North Carolina is not that far from, from Florida. I don't know. What the fuck? That would be the perfect reason to commit to Roanoke. We We got... I mean, it, how do I phrase this? American Horror Story is replaced has right now currently replaced Walking Dead as the annualized house. So for five freaking years, Walking Dead was there, and it was awful because every year one of the houses was burned on Walking Dead, and it was like a good house maybe twice ever. Um, this is the first year without Walking Dead in half a decade, and they have replaced it with American Horror Story, which looks like they're going to annualize that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see when when the current American Horror Story season shows up next year. But oh well. actually, you know what? I have a challenge for you. American Horror Story, right? Roanoke season. We'll set that right there. Chris, can you think of a good movie or TV show set in North Carolina? Andy Griffith show. Does that count? Fuck. Oh you're right. God. <laughs> no, you nailed it. That, that that's fair. So look forward to the Andy Griffith Show House they're gonna have in Hollywood next year, I guess. So how how were your houses? Because my our, our house American Horror Story, like I said, was awesome. The theme's great. Um, it was fine. It was. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. Um. It is a it is their big house. So ever since twenty five, every year they've had a mega house or whatever that is significantly longer than the other houses. Um, on twenty on twenty five, it was the anniversary house with uh, Jack and going through like the past twenty five years of all the horror nights uh, highlights. Last year it was American Horror Story, and this year it was American Horror Story. And so that's how they managed to cram three seasons in the one house. They just made it super long. Um, and it was pretty pretty solid all around. I, I don't care for American Horror Story other than Roanoke, so I kind of was indifferent to most of what it was trying to convey. But it was it was spooky enough. And I, I mean, if there's one thing American Horror Story does have going for it, it's that it's got really, really pretty imagery. Like, it's a terrible, Very terrible good. show yeah. from a narrative perspective. Awful. But it, it looks nice. Um, and so... It, it looks nice, and so they could borrow things like the the weeping angel statues, and and some of the witch iconography, and the the Baron Z not Baron Zemo, that's a cart the comic book character. Uh, what's what's the voodoo Baron Friday, Baron Saturday? What's his name? Oh my fucking Christ! That's the worst part of that season. So, all right, but he looks cool, and it's neat to have him jump out and scare you. No, 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 no. Listen, okay, so voodoo and voodoo. Okay, which it's is the racist. Haitian I get version. it. It's a real religion. And they took, they're like, okay, we need a guy who is like kind of a lord of the dead in the underworld and who like herds people of the underworld. 
Uh, that would be perfect. So let's do Baron Somdi, right? So let's have the there guy with go. like That's the top smart. hat and the the skeleton face. But no, it's not the name because they took Baron Somdi, but for some reason they call him Papa Legba, which is like completely the wrong character. And they identify him as like, oh, he's like the, the he's like the opener of the gate between like the spirit world and the real world, which is like what Papa Legba is. But it's like it's so weird. It's like, oh yes, this guy who opens the gates to heaven, who parted the Red Sea and turned loaves into fishes, Saint Peter. It's like, what the fuck? Like, why? How did you get this so wrong? Anyway, <laughs> don't don't watch American Horror Story. Go do the American Horror Story house. Um... But yeah, it, it was it was okay. Um, apparently, there's some sort of um, oh, so one of the creepiest things in the house was actually a, a broken mechanical issue. Um, you know, in the Roanoke story, <laughs> where that when the um, I think it's when the Asian family moves in and they get the the more Asiany ghosts that are like walking on walls. That that segment I think is what was, or is it what was it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. At some point, there was there was some sort of contortionist who could walk on walls, and I think that was from the Roanoke season. Um, but it's it's so many seasons of that terrible show have just melted my brain. Um, anyway, it was broken down. So what they had instead of like a contortionist, anim- they had a contortionist animatronic that was supposed to be able to move around on the wall. But instead, they had to like open it up, and they had like two guys open uh, working on it. And so you're around the corner, and it's just like two guys with flashlights, and and like a woman's body with backwards arms and legs, but her body was open and you could see all the mechanical wiring for the puppet and it was just the most terrifying imagery and it was totally accidental and I loved it. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a <laughs> solid house. That, 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 that sounds cool. I don't, I don't have much else to say except uh, they debuted a trick where like when they have like a, a woman's leg being sliced open, they scorch with water and that was the first time that's happened to me and at first I was like, oh, that's really neat. And then I was like, Fuck, what is it about Universal Studios and squirting you with water? <laughs> Every single ride in poop. Universal Studios, that's true. Every single ride in Universal Studios involves a cartoon character spitting on you. Think I'm wrong? Go to Universal Studios. Simpsons ride, Jurassic Park, the Harry Potter ride. Probably Minion Mayhem. I have actually been on that one. Um, I'm trying to think of other things to say without going off on huge digressions because we're running out of time. Um, uh, oh, the oh, go. I was just going to real quick touch on um, Terror Tram, and then oh uh, yeah, yeah, continue. we don't even have that, so go ahead and talk to that. Oh yeah, so Terror Tram is actually pretty cool. There's a backlot tour of that they take in Hollywood because it's like actually, it's like kind of that the park is actually sort of intermingled with Universal Studios, the movie making place. And I don't think they make many movies there exactly, although I know they make some because they like to bang on about it in the Backlot Tour. But they have a lot of sound stages where they do TV shows and they have, like, actual towns. And so they have a tour where they put you on a tram and they take you through it and they show you, like, that's the actual house from Psycho. Like, this is some actual, like, here's some actual vehicles from films. And it's it's really cool. And you should, you should definitely do it if you ever go to Universal Studios Hollywood. Anyway, the Backlot Tour is where they put you on a tram and they take you out to a certain part and then they just, like, take you out and let you make a big loop around. Uh, where they have, like, all this stuff set up around these actual, like, movie sets and props and stuff, and it's actually really badass. Um, and I, I don't really want to go into it much, it's pretty cool, um, but the one thing I want to talk about is, so the theme of it is Chucky, right? And it's actually Titans of Terror, and there's a house with Titans of Terror, but honestly it's not worth going into because it was pretty much the same thing as the tram. 
And the idea is that they have all of these like horror movie characters like Jason and uh, Leatherface and Freddy Krueger, and they show up and do cool stuff. And the Freddy Krueger is the only thing that's worth talking about because like you go through like this area that's like a suburban neighborhood that the plane crashed in from War of the Worlds, and they just have like a bunch of people like dressed as like policemen and like milkmen and stuff, but they have Freddy Krueger masks on. And they just sort of, like, merge with the crowd, and then they, like, turn and spare you, like, ah, this person was actually Freddy Krueger all along, and it was surprisingly effective. But the framing device... Yeah, the framing device was Chucky, right? Is taking control of the tram, and he's, like... And there's, like, this video that plays of the tram where Chucky's like, ah, you know, these guys are walking around, but the real scary thing is that I've got something that allows me to, like, put my soul in any body I choose, so watch oh, out. No. <laughs> and that sounds, I'm oh, like, oh, no. Jesus Christ, what is this gonna be? And then you get out of the tram, and there's, like, three Chuckies with chainsaws, like, three giant Chuckies with chainsaws, and you get past that, and there's no more fucking Chucky. Oh. That's the you know what that it. is? You know I know that exactly is? what that is, and I'll because I'll get to it. You get to the end of the tram and you board it, and as you're driving back up, there's like a video that plays where it's like Chucky, like ah, I'm gonna crash the tram unless you play a commercial for my upcoming movie. This was my plan all along. Oh Jesus Christ! Oh God, oh, that's so you know, fucking I, lame. I, I watched Cult of Chucky. It's on Netflix. I watched it. And I am upset about that movie because it ruins the one thing that made Chucky interesting. It kills his only motivation and makes it a completely different horror movie. And I don't like it. His only motivation is get out of the goddamn doll. Right. And they, he does that multiple times in this movie. That's so boring. It totally is. So so basically, and I swear to I, I, I'm going to spoil this if you really care about Chucky 18, but <laughs> I, I, I don't know. Stop listening if you don't. Whatever. Um, he, he, they hand wave it by saying he found a new voodoo spell on voodoofordummies.com. I am not making that up. That is stated in the film yeah. by Chucky. And the oh. new spell lets him possess anyone he... W to not just move his soul, but to copy his soul into different bodies. So in this movie, there's like four or five Chucky dolls. But then he also starts copying himself into other people. Uh, and by the end of the movie, he's like in a couple different people. And specifically ends up hooking up with Jennifer Tilly. Who is literally Jennifer Tilly, the actress in the universe... Possessed by oh. Tiffany, who who was the girl from his girlfriend way back in Bride of Chucky, who who turned herself into a doll and then killed Jennifer Tilly and possessed her body, and they they're keeping all of that continuity. But now now he's now Chucky is in the body of the woman from Curse of Chucky, and that is how they end the movie: is a lady from Curse of Chucky with Chucky in her brain and Tiffany from in Jennifer Tilly's body drive off into the sunset together to set up sequels but at this point it is no longer an evil possessed doll film it is a body hopping serial killer movie and at that point you have lost the plot of what makes Chucky Chucky motherfucking executives if you come at your horror franchise and shoot them in the back with ironic self-effacing comedy you better not miss you better know Maybe exactly just what you're trying doing to kill the franchise like Wait, how what? many, how many fucking Chucky movies have there been now? What do you even do with that after um, like two it's or three? Chucky, films? Chucky, Child's Play, Child's Play Two, Child's Play Three, uh, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse of Chucky, Cult of Chucky. I think there's only seven, which is pretty tame by horror standards. I may be missing one. 
Oh, Christ. Christ, I thought there were only like three, and even that seems like too much for that price. Oh, there were three that, there were maybe two that were released in theaters. Uh, let me put it this way. Um, here are the Metacritic reviews. 69%, 40%, 23%, 44%, 32%, 32%, and then Curse of Chucky has 82% for some reason, and then Cult of Chucky has 81%? Really? Oh, wow, on. that is... So Cold Six Chucky is the second reviews. best reviewed sixteen Chucky reviews. Movie. It was exclusively reviewed by like horror movie websites. I'm sure that had names like oh, like yeah. Bleeding Stump Films. That they're like awesome. There was boobs and a guy got killed with a chainsaw. And who doesn't love seeing Chucky on it's screen like again? Two severed thumbs up. Things... I actually don't think either of those things are true. What's even the point? There, there is none. It's terrible. Um, oh, they did get, they did bring back the original actor. Like their commitment to continuity is something to be admired. I'll give them that. Like they're keeping the whole Bride of Chucky thing to the point where Jennifer Tilly is literally possessed by her doppelganger's soul, and they keep uh, the kid from the 1980s movie is now the, the the actor that played that kid is now in the latest movie as an adult. And I have to respect that level of commitment to continuity. Still, it's goddamn lame. Okay, that was all I wanted to say about Terra Tram. Uh, Chris, you have like four more houses, but we're running a little long time, but you have like four more houses I didn't go to. I I don't want to go into the houses that are that I didn't go to. Uh, so if I, I'll just cover them real quick. There was a Scarecrow house. It was amazing. Uh, easily one of the scariest things uh, there. There was a vampire house that was, like I said, kind of like the Hive from Destiny. If you like the Hive from Destiny, it's pretty cool. And also, if you like the fact that it was supposed to be a conjuring house until the lawsuit made it so that they couldn't do a conjuring house, that's also pretty cool. Um, <laughs> we had a, a, a speaking of, of racist voodoo stuff, we had a Bayou of Blood uh, scare zone, which I think was River of... I can't remember what it was. Um, but I can't remember the name of it, but there was a, a, a sort Dead of Waters. New Orleans, Dead Waters, thank you, uh, the New Orleans themed one. And then there was one called Fallen, which I personally loved because it's like walking into doom, uh, a kind of a doomy quake environment. It was all basically you're in some sort of nether realm between heaven and hell where the angels and the demons fight and you can't really tell which ones are which and they're constantly at battle and you're just sort of caught in the middle. Really, really cool idea. Really, really pretty. Not the scariest house, but just absolutely gorgeous and totally up my alley. Um, also, there's a trick-or-treat trick or scare zone that we had that you didn't that was amazing because I love Sam and it perfectly fit the, recreated the movie in a scare zone really well. Uh, we also had a terrible scare zone that was the Icon scare zone and it was bad. Um, and then Academy of Villains. So you guys got Jabberwockies, which are the uh, uh, dance troupe that you guys get. We get Academy of Villains. And uh, Hurricane Irma uh, destroyed their set, so they had to sort of make do with a less impressive set and set of pyrotechnics, which kind of sucked because they do a really impressive show and, and they had to sort of tone it down because they didn't have their entire setup. Um, That's it. Trying to think, trying to think of other things to talk about. Um, the only other thing I can think of is the weird alcohol situation. Um, right. So. Historically, um, this has been an extremely boozy event in Florida and a no-booze-allowed event in California, which is totally Absolutely. weird. Um, it is really weird that, like, how Universal Orlando was, like, it was, it was almost a drinking event. Like, every little pop-up bar was a full bar. And they had nurses in bloody scr uh, scrubs walking around selling little blood bags that were jello shots. Like... 
they weren't very high alcohol, but still, like every th- every time you walked out of a house, there was an opportunity to buy booze. Meanwhile, in California, it was a dry event. You could get drunk in City Walk or whatever before you come in, but you could not drink inside the parks. This year, both parks kind of started moving to meet in the middle, and that's kind of weird. Um, for the first time ever, California let you buy beer and wine at Simpsons uh, Fast. Is it called Fast yeah, Food Boulevard yeah. over there? Yeah, I don't know what it's called, but you can buy it at Moe's, basically. And uh, and and in Universal Orlando, they very very suddenly, um, like to the point where they, to the point where they post like here's what's weird they point they posted they posted on the uh, the Horror Nights blog. Hey, look at all the food options and all the awesome drink options, including our new blood our new Jello shots. And instead of Jello shots, they were little plastic hearts that you would drink blood out of. And everyone was like, "Wow, that's cool!" And this was like a week before the event started. Then they deleted that post, and those blood hearts never showed up. They cut the Jello shots entirely, and the only thing you could buy at most of the pop up bars were uh, beer and uh, the premix drinks. Everything else you had to go to one of two preset places to get uh, an actual full bar that could make you whatever you wanted. And interesting. It's really weird to see Horror Night. Like, on one hand, everyone in California is like, "Yay, booze! We have beer now!" And everyone in Florida is like, kicking the dirt and going, "This sucks. This used to be a fun event, and now now I can't get trashed and, and go see some monsters." And it's really bizarre, especially because like, I, and I understand why Orlando did it. They've had problems with like people getting really messed up and and puking and. Uh, punching scare actors, getting violent, that sort of thing. So they are well, trying very hard. Why does Florida have a problem with that of all places? I it's Florida. I mean, <laughs> everyone's already drunk. I, I mean, it really is not if you really wanted to to, to like get messed up before going into horror nights, there there's a group of uh, Fat Tuesdays right outside the the gates. There's like two Fat Tuesdays oh, right shit. outside the gates. You could you can solve this problem real easily before you enter the park. Any place with a Fat Tuesdays is a party destination, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, so, I don't know, it's it's something weird. And and the other thing I want to complain about is the lack of an icon. Um, it's something that I don't know if if Hollywood ever really cared we about. We don't. We, we fucked around with icons, like, one time, I think. But no, that's not a thing we have. Florida used to have, well, occasionally do still have icons. Last year we had Chance, before that we had Jack. Basically, um... Completely new characters that they come up with a backstory for that sort of symbolize the event. Uh, this year we didn't have a an icon, even though they seem to have set one up uh, in the uh, Festival of the Deadliest uh, Scare Zone to be the icon. They didn't do that. And everyone's guess is, and I'm going to be sad if this is true, they are slowly moving to um, intercoastalize their merchandise. So instead of having awesome oh. Florida stuff and awesome California stuff, like... I have an HHN jacket from 25 with Jack on the back, and I really kind of wanted to pick up a pick up a new one this year. But but there are only two kinds of of jackets available this year: one with the crappy gimmicky ones with the lights inside the tubing, and and I don't need a light up jacket. I'm not that Lame, awful. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was the one from California that had the like Titans of Terror and Chucky on it, and Chucky is not at this event. And I'm like, I'm not going to buy a jacket for something I didn't go to. Also, I'm still right. angry at Chucky because I saw that movie. Um, I got just one last thing to talk about yeah okay go ahead Uh, 
Okay, so one last thing um, I, I didn't mention. So we had one walkthrough area, which was called... I forget, it was called Urban Inferno, I think. And it's great because it, it looks like this really, like, shitty... Like, there's, like, netting on it, like, red netting. And there's, like, a spray-painted Abandon All Hope you enter here. And it looks like almost like a church, uh, like, walkthrough where they're going to have, like, like, dumb, cheesy, like, hell scenes. And you walk in, and at first it's kind of like that. Uh, but then it gets, like, more elaborate... And, like, more realistic. I saw that. Like, it, it looked like kind of like a counterpoint to the Fallen uh, house I was talking about. Like, very Doom. I'm sure it was. Very, like, angels and demons. Yeah, like, I get through and there's, like, these satanic-like dudes, like, with sacrifice. And there's, like, a big demon, like, devil statue. And I, like, you know, sort of, like, fake bow to one of them. And they're, like, they're, like, like sort of moving me along and, like, pointing at the statue. And, like, you know, like, like no, bow to him. Bow. That was pretty fucking cool. And then you get to the end of it, and there's like a, a bales above with horns and stilts that looks awesome. Anyway, that was that was neat. Anyway, uh, I guess that's it. Uh, we did our horror nights debriefing. Uh, stick around for stick around for next week when we will be talking about something that is not horror related, possibly. <laughs> Bye, guys. Bye. I don't know. We're always bad with schedules, so we'll probably be talking about Halloween in December at this rate.